0: Heavenly Father, this morning as we open your word, God, may we understand you better, may we know you better, and may we be challenged to live for you even more in Jesus' name. Amen. Several years ago, probably six, seven years ago, my family on Memorial Day, we went to go see the champion Atlanta Braves. They weren't champions at that time. I'd been waiting years and years for this last uh, World Series, and my Braves finally won, didn't they, Benji? Yankees fan on the front row here. Ah. (laughs) And uh, we were there. It's Memorial Day. There uh, are red, white, and blue everywhere. There are military people in uniform all over the stadium, and the cameras would zoom in on these, these people in uniform, and we'd all applaud. And in the middle of the fifth inning... The, the stadium had a quite ex, a neat experience, and I found the video of it. We saw it live. Here's what happened on that day.
1: My name is Master Sergeant David Sims, U.S. Air Force. I've just come home from a six-month deployment in Afghanistan, and I'm here today with the Atlanta Braves to surprise my family. I'm very excited. and very nervous. Uh, my family doesn't know what's going on, and so I'm looking forward to seeing the expressions of surprise on their faces. This is
0: Master Sergeant David Sims, U.S. Air Force. Is anyone crying this morning yet? That's my goal. I got two opportunities today to make you cry. That was the first one. The other one's at the end. Man, it was cool. We're sitting there watching. We see him run out from the side, 42,000 people erupt in applause for this guy, not only serving our country, but to see that family united. And that family, the kids, they're so proud of their dad. Not only does the whole nation uh, applaud him, but they're proud because he's such a good dad. They love him and they're so excited to see him. And on that day, he deserved to be honored. Tomorrow is Father's Day. And for you that are kids, did you get your dad anything yet? Have you made your dad anything yet? My favorite Father's Day uh, gifts are from my boys when they make me something. A couple, a couple of years ago they found um, my golf balls in my bag and they got Sharpies and they decorated those balls so well it was, it's hard for me to even play them because they're so nice. Uh, one lady this last week, she texted me and she said, Pastor Matt, several weeks ago you were talking about DeWalt tools in your sermon and I looked at my husband and he got a little glimmer in his eye and he told me he didn't have that tool. And so uh, she asked me about the tool and an hour later she sent me this picture here. She had gone to Lowe's in popka and she found this DeWalt little air compressor. I won't tell you who it is, but there's one dad in this community that is going to be a happy father tomorrow. <laughs> No matter what you got for dad, how are you honoring him? This morning, as we think about honoring fathers, I want to take us to the relationship between the father in heaven and his son. And, in fact, if you've got your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to John chapter 14. John's the last gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you didn't bring your Bible, there's a blue book in front of you, and you can follow along on page 763 where we get to read, it's a conversation which is weird to jump into a, a, a conversation between people but here's what's happening. Jesus is nearing his final days here on earth and he's with his disciples. They're talking, they've just had communion just like we'll have it next week. Uh, he's washed their feet, he's lovingly looked into their eyes and he's, begin, be, he's begun to tell them that he is leaving. He's not gonna be with them any longer. He's going back to be with his father, and they're very, very confused. They know him as someone that's incredibly powerful, that's different than any other human, but he's still very human in their eyes, and so they don't understand fully the relationship between him and his father, and I don't think they fully understand that he is God. And so they have this conversation. Thomas chimes in and he begins to ask questions. He's wondering what's gonna happen. Um, And this is where Jesus, he says, guys, guys, I know you're stressed out. I know you're worried. I know you don't know what's gonna come. But let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I wouldn't have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again where you can be with me also they're asking questions, they're going back and forth, they're thinking, now what? What are we going to do now? And in John chapter 14, starting in verse 8, we jump into their conversation as they talk. Here's what it says as Philip begins. John 14 verse 8 says this, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus is saying, you know, he's saying, I- I'm going to be with my father. And Philip says, well, just show us the father. That'll be good enough. Verse nine. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Don't you believe that I am in the father and that the father is in me? the words i say to you i do not speak on my own authority rather it's the father living in me who is doing his work the disciples aren't getting it they're not understanding it and jesus begins to give them the picture of an incredible doctrine of the bible it's the idea of the trinity three people Three gods that are one God, three beings that are one, different but the same, it's quite confusing. Do they have different personalities? Do they have different bodies? They can be at different places at the same time. What does the Trinity look like? It's very, very confusing. And as I've I've thought about this, I don't know the best way to even describe it. Jesus says, the Father is in me and he is in the Father, uh, there, there's not a whole lot of things that we can understand yet we see it all throughout the scripture as god the father is with jesus at his baptism you see god the father show up and his buttons are bursting and he says this is my son whom i'm well pleased you see him at the garden of gethsemane and jesus says not my will god but your will we're one and the same and i want to follow you uh, all throughout scripture you see jesus spending time with his father because that connectedness is something that is something that we probably don't really fully understand Yet when I do Bible studies, and people ask me about the Trinity, I always go back to this lesson here. Now I'm going to need a couple of volunteers, and I've asked Ivan and Camilla Terkov to come up here at this time for a little illustration. And if I'm being honest, before the service we were talking, and we were saying, all right, which one of you guys wants to do it? And they both were like, pick me, pick me, pick me. And so we picked numbers between 1 and 35, and Ivan won, but because they're twins, they, look, they can't even, they're jostling to get position here. You guys. Ivan and Camilla are fantastic. They just had their birthday like last week, last Tuesday. Is that what it was? They're my neighbors. They come over and hang out all the time. They're pretty awesome kids. I really like them. They're good at hide and seek, too. We know that for sure. So here we go. One of you, I'm going I'm to give you this, Camilla. Don't drop it. If you drop it, I'm in big trouble because that's my wife's. That's for you. Ivan, what do you got there? You have an egg. Is it one egg, or two eggs, or three eggs? One. It's one egg, that's right. Do you know what's inside that egg? You think you know? Now, if you're vegan, you may have never seen this before. <laughs> 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 All right, let's go ahead and crack this thing on there. And you can spill it into, the, there you go. He's gonna push shells in it. Ooh. All right, Camilla, what do you got in there now? Egg yolk. Egg yolk, what else? the egg white, the egg yolk, and we've got the shell, right? That's three parts, but it's still one one egg, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay, you can have a seat. That was all you had to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks, guys. It's so simple, and it's three in one. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but there's still one God. It's three parts of an egg, but it's still one egg. And even though it's simple, it kinda helps us, Yet. I'm still confused at this connection between God the Father and His Son. Uh, it's, it's foggy to me, and I don't get it, because they're so close. It's like they're one and the same. Uh, they are all three different, yet they're all unique people, yet they all are fully connected. And I wonder if there's something else that we can use to try and help us understand that connection between the Son and the Father, and it's something that we have a lot of here in this room and in this community, and it's twins. Now, our church, I don't know if there's something in the water or if it's Adventist or whatever, maybe it's at Fleece, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but we have a ton of twins. In fact, I was just uh, scrolling through my mind of, of the different families that we have, and I've, I've got several of them. I'm gonna miss a bunch, because there's a bunch. Here's some of the twins that we have. Here's the first picture of them. Ah, you've got the Simmons twins, and then you have the other Simmons twins. They're definitely something in that water, for sure. Okay, uh, well, who's the next family here? Ah, oh, the Whitakers. They said twins aren't enough, let's have triplets. There they are. All right, how about this next picture? Ah, Liam and Olivia Sorensen. They live close to me too, they come into the house all the time. They're great twins. Hey, how about this next one, who do we got here? Ah, yes, the Isidro twins, very, very good. Next one. Yes, all the Tyrone kids. This is uh, Caleb and uh, Daniela, they are awesome kids as well. And of course you just met Ivan and Camilla, man we've got so many twins and if you talk to their parents and they have multiple kids and some are twins they will tell you that there's a relationship and a connection that twins have that is unlike any other sibling they know what the other person is thinking they know what they're going to do there's this connection that's unlike any others and i wonder if some level on a very human level if this kind of twin connection is what god the father and god the son have they know what each other are thinking They're on the same page. They move and they breathe together. They're on the same purpose and the same mission. They go and live as one, yet they're separate. And as Jesus describes that he's going to be with his father, the disciples are so confused. They aren't sure if he's God, although he's very connected to him. And in verse 11, Jesus says these words. He says this. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it kind of a lot in that little couple of verses there. Jesus says, if you don't believe that I'm God, just believe through the miracles that you've seen. If you don't think that I'm um, supernatural, just look at what's happened. Oh, by the way, it hasn't been me doing this. It's been my father at work within me. Turning water into wine, that was my father working within me. Uh, Walking on water, that was my father working in me. Uh, casting nets on the other side of the boat, and, and so many fish came in. That was my Father at work within me. If you don't believe me, at least believe the miracles. They came from the Father that's working within me. In fact, Ellen White, she's one of my favorite Bible commentators. She writes in the book Desire of Ages. She says, Christ's work testified to his divinity, Through him, the Father had been revealed. The world sees Jesus, they see who he is, they see what he's done, and they know what the Father is like because they've seen the Son, because they're so connected. The Son's life glorifies the Father. And when you see Jesus, you know what the Father is like. And I can't help but see the application for your life and my life, because as Jesus lives as he breathes, as he moves, whatever he does, in everything, he honors his Father. And I wonder what the world sees when they look at us. When people see the Forest Lake 7th Avenue Church, who do they see? When they see our lives and when they see our actions and when they see what we do with our money and when they hear us talk and when they listen to how we interact with each other, and when they see what our priorities are, and when they see our lives, do they see the Father? Do we honor God with our lives? And Jesus goes into that passage we just read a minute ago where he says, "Uh, if you believe in me, anyone that believes in me, that's you and me by the way, anyone that believes in me, you will do greater things than I have ever done. Not greater in quality, but quantity. Uh, Disciples, anyone that believes in Jesus forever and ever, and he says, if you believe in me and you ask in my name, you can do anything, anything you ask, you can do in my name because I want to honor the Father. I want to glorify the Father. And I think, man, greater things than Jesus? What is this? Is it possible? I I read this passage and my faith just kind of wavers a little bit and I think, well, I believe in God, sure, but doing miracles? I mean, so the Bible just said, can we really do that? Ellen White, in Desire of Agency, continues, she says this, here's what she says, "'The Lord is disappointed when His people place a low estimate upon themselves. He desires His chosen heritage to value themselves according to the price He has placed on them. He has a use for them, and He is well pleased when they make the very highest demands upon Him that they may glorify His name.'" They may expect large things if they have faith in His promises. Man, oh, how weak is our faith? God's power and His might is at the ready, and all it takes is for us to ask, and He's ready to change the world for us. So why don't we ask for more? Why don't we step forward in faith in bigger ways to, to test where the limits of God's power really is? I mean, what if our prayers, instead of saying, dear jesus thank you for the food we're more like god because you're the all-powerful being of the universe in your name we claim this what would happen i wonder if god would be so much more honored and glorified from us if our faith was as jesus puts it here what if we took the opportunity to show the world what god can do and who he really is See, Jesus' entire mission here, yes, was to love people and care for them and and, and minister to them. But his whole mission here was to honor his father and glorify his father. And I believe he did it, don't you? I mean, in his life, in his actions, in his words, in his interactions with people, in his selflessness, in the way he cared for people, in his complete reliance on his father, he honored his father. And that's what I want for my life too. I want to honor my Father with every bit of it. The use of my time, the way I talk to people, the way I interact with my neighbors, the way I spend my money. I want to honor my Father in everything that I do. Don't you? You know, I think Jesus sums up this message in the best possible way in Matthew chapter 5. It's one of my favorite verses. Jesus says, Forest Lake Church family, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Oh man, that's what I want. I want our community to see us, and as they see us, they see God. You know, going to a baseball game is probably the highlight of many children's lives. Everybody that has gone to a baseball game, especially as a kid, you know what it's like. It's always really hot. The chairs are super uncomfortable. You spend uh, all afternoon there, because the games are so long. This is why it's memorable, all those things. Parents, you spend a hundred bucks to get the tickets. You spend a hundred dollars on hats and jerseys to look, look the part. You spend another hundred dollars on nachos and root beer. By the way, the root beer that you fellows are gonna get, it's delicious, I've already taken mine, just so you know. <laughs> Uh, and of course, the Cracker Jacks. You can't forget the Cracker Jacks, which I think is a, a, a ploy to bring kids into the, the ballpark. I remember when I told my kids the first time that there's, a, there's a, a, a prize inside. A prize? Dad, what's the prize? Is it a new car? No, it's a sticker. It's, it's a tattoo for your arm. Yeah, still fun. You get to the ballpark and, it's, and, and every kid has the same dream. Every adult does too, let's be honest. The little kids, they bring their, their baseball gloves it doesn't matter if you are on the, the nosebleed deck where a baseball can't even reach, or if you're on, right behind the home run wall, every kid has their glove there, their mitt there, and they hope and they dream that someone's gonna hit a ball and it's gonna come right to them and they're gonna catch it. And they can have a real game ball. I mean, isn't that your dream? Some of you have some of these game balls. Uh, I, I've never had one in, in a game that I caught. Somebody gave me one, which is cool. 10 years ago, in, at an Arizona Diamondbacks game, they're playing the Milwaukee Brewers. One of the, one of the players has a, a ball that they, uh, maybe they're practicing with, and say so they toss it up into the stands, and there's several little boys that are right there hanging over the railing, With one's got a hat out, ready to catch it, maybe I'll catch it in my hat, mitts, you know, they're all excited about this, and the guy that tosses the ball, it's short, and so it goes across the wall, and down below them, and I don't know if it's the bullpen, I don't know if it's another player or another worker, but they take the ball, and they hand it up to the kids, and they have to make the decision of which kid gets it, and uh, he puts it into one kid's hand, and the kid is so excited, and he goes back to his dad, he says, Dad, look at this, this is the coolest thing ever, and his dad's beaming with pride, this is cool that you got, but then his son does something that I think honors the father so much more And I have a video of it today, so here it is. Sitting in the crowd of
1: thousands at the Arizona Diamondbacks game, a 12-year-old boy watching the game, about to do something that would catch not only their eyes in the announcer's booth, but ours too. We couldn't believe what we were seeing. It was the fourth inning. A player tosses a ball into the stands. Two little boys wanted it, but only Ian McMillan would get it. Oh, look at that young Brewers fan. Now, wait a minute, he is. Did he get? No. Oh, boy. sour he is sour the diamondback fan got it the announcers watching with their own play-by-play uh, oh he's bummed are you out. kidding me this kid's going to do this oh yeah yeah that is big time oh my right goodness there. what a nice young man Well, he's got a diamondback's hat but we have to get something for that kid got, in the red. To just, i can't believe i just witnessed that that is that just, awesome you that, young man are you a young star are awesome The game would go on, Ian having given up his prized catch, but then a phone call. It seemed someone had seen his kindness on TV. He's being told right now that he's being praised on TV. Yeah, he's big late. Late today, we met Ian too.
0: I thought it was the right thing to do. Like I saw the kid, he was really sad, so I decided just to give the ball back. My mom and my dad like taught taught me that way, so it's kind of just like natural.
1: Ian didn't leave that game empty-handed. Moments after giving that ball away, the announcers had a special gift for the fan, a baseball bat signed by his favorite player.
0: Upped an autographed bat and a contract
1: for the generous Ian and his buddies.
0: The box was really, really cool. I was, like, really surprised, and, like, I did not see that coming.
1: He's got good home training. Yeah, That's a very well-bred young man.
0: If you do good things, good things will happen to you.
1: Reminding us all that often what you give... Nice going, young man. ...delivers far more in return than even a little boy could imagine. And so we choose Ian McMillan with a lesson for us all. And we learned late today that after talking to us, he was off to throw out the first pitch at tonight's Diamondbacks game. Go get him, Ian.
0: Hmm. may we honor our Heavenly Father by the way that we live so that when people see us, they see God.